Welcome to the Care to Cooperate podcast. I'm Catherine Evans and I'm Marketing Manager for the Wales Cooperative Centre, which is the organisation delivering Care to Cooperate. I'm joined by Adrian Roper, Chief Executive of Cartrevy Cymru Cooperative, and Donna Coyle, Project Manager of Care to Cooperate. I'm going to start by asking you both to say a little bit about your roles. Can I ask you first, Adrian? Yeah, so I'm Chief Executive of, of Cartrevy Cymru Cooperative, as you say. Uh, we're a social care provider. Um, supporting people with learning disabilities all over Wales. And what's your involvement with the project we're going to be talking about in this podcast? Well, as a co-op, we've been uh, working in partnership with the Wales Co-op Centre for for a number of years. Um, They are, particularly over the next few months, going to be looking at how commissioners can support value-based organisations in delivering care, and we want to help. Okay, and and Donna, how about you? Tell me a little bit about your role. So as manager of the Care to Cooperate service, that's something that is funded by uh, Welsh Government and really is helping Welsh Government and statutory agencies, particularly local authorities, deliver on new duties in a piece of legislation known as the Social Services and Wellbeing Act. And that new duties are to promote different models, different ways of delivering care services, different different approaches, working with different organisations. And as Adrian says, many of those organisations with really strong values base, but very closely linked to communities and linked to the people who are actually accessing care. Okay. So this podcast is going to chart a project to encourage care commissioners to think about how they can deliver care services which promote well-being for citizens and for communities. And we also want to think about long-term sustainability for care and well-being services, which, which we all know is an issue at the moment. Can you tell me a little bit more about the work that you intend to do in the next couple of months? I think it's useful to think uh, of this project in terms of surfacing organisations and approaches which best achieve the the principles and, uh, and, and uh, hopes of the Social Services and Wellbeing Act. So um, number one of those is well-being outcomes for citizens. You know, it might seem odd that the social care services wouldn't achieve uh, well-being outcomes uh, for the people that use them. But unfortunately, I can think of examples uh, where that service is delivered in a ritualistic, routine way, driven by staff, rotors, uh, and uh, you know, and potentially uh, a profit extraction uh, motive, and and the well-being outcomes of the person are, are, are way down the agenda. Mm-hmm. So, we want organisations and approaches which deliver well-being outcomes. The second principle of the Act is voice and control. Now, this explicit expectation that the users of service have got a real say and a, a, a strong voice and real control in their in their service. Now, one way you can do that is by having a let's say, for example, a, a cooperative arrangement where the user is a voting member of of that organisation. Donna and I particularly love that that <laughs> model, but there are other ways um, at the uh, opposite end of a spectrum of voice and control type arrangements. You could actually have a for-profit organisation which has got um, an approach to its service delivery which means that it really is listening to what people want and is doing what they want on a day-to-day basis. Now, that's voice and control uh, as well. So I, th- I think this is thing about, uh, there's a range of ways in which you can um, uh, achieve the good things of the Act. And we like all of them. We do like all of them, especially courts, but we do like all of them. Um, the third principle of the Act is uh, partnership and cooperation. Now, that mainly has been about health and social care 
are collaborating and, and integrating. But I think that the the broader definition of a partnership working and, and cooperation, interagency collaboration, however you want, want to use it, is also an intention of the act. So where organisations are are working together rather than competing, they are delivering on an aspiration of the act and I think we, could, we would argue using public money more effectively through, you know, through synergy of effort rather than hiding things from each other and, and so on. The fourth um, principle of the Act is the um, early intervention and prevention. There are lots of services. I mean, the, the, the most classic is, is in health, where you know, things are rationed so that you only get the service when you're practically dead. You know, acute, acute services... And there, this you know, waiting lists to get in them and, and so on, because no one is going downstream and trying to switch off the the pathway towards acute acute need. So that's that's the story of prevention, and a lot of current uh, um, care and wellbeing services are rationed. They are aimed at people above a threshold of need. And they are delivered as a contract to do that for those people in acute need with no thought or responsibility trying to switch off the need or reduce the need uh, further down the stream. And then the, f- the final principle is this one about, um, about value for money, added social value, however you want, you want to call it. There is a, um, an expectation that uh, services are redesigned and redelivered in a way which means you get more for less or at least more for the same. And I th- and there's an interesting uh, element to that in terms of thinking about types of organisations. There are types of organisations whose constitution, you know, in, make it absolutely critical for them to do right by their beneficiaries or their members. Those sorts of organisations are more likely to do more for less there are other organizations who principally exist for the benefit of their shareholders i mean i'm not damning the entire private sector but there are elements of of the private sector equity capital or whatever you want to call it where where they're driven by by shareholder requirements so at the front end they're trying to deliver less for more um, I don't know if I'm allowed to tiptoe into political areas, but I I I think that the requirement in, or the the policy in Wales to rebalance the care market is certainly has certainly got an eye on trying to re- reduce the footprint of anybody who wants to charge the public f- uh, purse more, what's doing as little as possible. I mean, this is legislation that's been around for a while. There, there has been a framework there for commissioners to consider alternative models of delivering care and looking at their procurement so given that this has been around for a while what is it that you're hoping to do differently in the next few months to try and unlock some of that potential and and make real changes um i would say that um it would be interesting to explore um whether the current commissioning um, uh, approach is as helpful as it could be not least in terms of ensuring that Welsh public funds are, are spent as well as they could be. An awful lot of time at the moment is spent on sustaining a competitive marketplace. Um, now, actually, 
my reading of the Act anyway is that there's an orientation towards more collaboration uh, within social care in Wales in order to achieve collaborative benefits rather than rather than competitive ones. Absolutely. One of the most exciting parts of the project for me in the next few months is actually to work with two pioneering local authorities in Wales to test a new approach to commissioning and procurement. Um, and we do that by actually looking for very different ways of services can be delivered. Um, and we have our two pioneer priorities. One of those is Pembrokeshire and the other is Flintshire. And we're really um, working at a very quite grassroots level with the community, looking at existing services and maybe how we can change those services in a way to actually deliver more from what they currently are and actually really pull people, citizens in receipt of care and, and services actually into being producers of, of community services alongside the uh, commission so if I've services. I've got this right. There's, there's two parts of this project, if you like. One part is conversations with commissioners, which will lead to them having the resources to be able to develop more cooperative and collaborative care services in the future. And then the other part of this project is two pilots, one with Pembrokeshire and one with Flintshire. And in each of those local authority areas, they're going to take an existing care service which is commissioned by the local authority and work with the people who are commissioning, delivering, benefiting from that service to, if you like, break it down and look at recreating it in a more cooperative fashion. They're both grassroots pilot projects, if you like, but actually they are also very different. So Lynchshire, where they are looking at care at home, care and support at home, in a, whether that's registered, well, it would include registered personal care at home, but it could also be, you know, other other aspects, um, you know, shopping, cooking, cleaning, befriending, uh, and stuff that are important for people. They The experiment is to see whether, whether they can attract a new workforce into that space working in a new way. Okay. Yeah? Now, interestingly enough, you know, uh, home care is one of those spaces which is dominated by uh, for-profit organisations. Some good, some not so good. They are all struggling with recruitment. Um, and what Flincher is looking to do is something innovative that is bringing more workers into home care. With Pembrokeshire, we are looking at a, 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 an estate on the outskirts of Haverford West, where there's a couple of existing services, but they're operated in isolation and they have no community focus. They're for their clients, they're not for the community. The community isn't a part of their system. Uh, and in Pembroke, we want to see whether we can actually you know, embed the services into community and the community into the services and, and, and find a whole load of added value uh, uh, coming out of that approach. So. They're both grassroots, but they're quite mm-hmm. quite different. So we'll be learning different things. For me, it's 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 activities within a community that are in are have a service delivery in them that looks a bit more traditional at the moment. But actually, if you put that investment in, actually, what comes out it's 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 much bigger, much bigger than the some some of the parts. And um and that's what then commissioners should be looking at in the future to commission. Um, we could be doing that through a, a, a local community-based cooperative where the commissioning um, relationship is with that new cooperative and that cooperative owned by the people in that community then actually make the decisions about the services that they need best and how they're delivered for themselves. 
we're not going to get there in the period that we've got, but we can certainly point to what, towards that could be a, a a way to take this forward. And we think that the people that we're working with in Pembrokeshire are, are quite excited by that idea, and they're thinking quite quickly and radically and excitably about how they would change their internal processes to do that sort of thing. There's lots and lots of stakeholders in any one community, and we need to reach out to people to let them know this is what we're doing and to to help them understand why it is and to let them be part of that um, conversation if they so choose to. Donna, what do you think people will be able to listen to and hear about when we get to podcast two? As you um, said at the opening of the podcast, Catherine, it's about not in a couple of months' time coming up with a shiny sort of product, which could be a paper, could be a, a guide, could be a, here's one I produced earlier, type something for commissioners and potentially procurement leads to look at what we want to do is is encourage people to listen really to some of the development process that's going behind this um to hear our head scratching to hear our pondering to hear our what if if we tried this and if we tried that so i think if um, tuned into the second podcast um very much it would be focused maybe around the actual pilot projects and you know, have we got our first flyer out there encouraging people to come along for the first coffee and cakes? Have we got our first library of things um, thing in the library and are the community coming along and taking it? What's the role of the community there in, in doing that? Has, has other stuff, unintentionally good stuff happened that we hadn't thought about? Um, for Flinch here, um, it would be bringing people into conversations that we've been, that we're potentially going to be having with big carers organisations and actually what's the role of unpaid informal carers who tend to be friends families neighbors etc to potentially look at them becoming part of the paid for workforce and and what is it that they require to be able to do that and 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 develop that those skills not that they've got those skills ready but in a paid sense and what's the role of cooperation or collaboration to do that um so that's what i would like to be sharing um in the second podcast great yeah, I, I, I very much hope that uh, in the next podcast um, we can actually talk about the results of some of the conversations that we've had, the feedback we've had. Are we are we are we going in a sensible direction? Do we need to to sit back and, and reflect on what we're hearing from commissioners? Okay, so I'm just going to wrap up by saying if people do want to follow the work over the next few months, obviously they can listen to the podcast recordings or follow the Wales Cooperative Centre on Twitter with a handle at Wales Co-op Centre.